Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner and this is the podcast where I chat with some of the funniest and nicest people I met on Twitter. They are the Friends of the Show. This week's friend is Zach at Name Starts With a Z. Zach is another guy who is very funny and nice, but also has discovered a hidden meaning behind one of the most popular songs of the 90s. So we get to the bottom of that, and he answers a ton of great questions submitted by great listeners just like you. I'm talking Friends of the Show, episode 31, with Zach, at Name Starts With Zed, forthwith. Don't worry about the world coming to an end today. It's already tomorrow in Australia. Charles Schultz. Ah, the wise words of Charles Schultz. That's the Peanuts guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Charlie Brown man. Cool. Well, great quote. Thank you for giving us that quote, and welcome to the show, Zach. Hey, uh, it's my first podcast. I'm excited. First podcast, well underway. So we're talking Zach. We're talking at name starts with Z or Z if you're in Canada. How do you say it, Zach? Name starts with Z because yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm from America. We don't say Z much here, but <laughs> don't say Z. <laughs> so it's a Z. Uh, it's a Z for all you uh, American listeners out there, but for the Canadians, you know what I'm talking about Z. Yeah, if, if you want to call me name starts with Z, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, different pronunciations, but I guess it's whatever you grow up with. So because it's you, I'll say Z. So we're here with Zach at name starts with Z. Welcome, Zach. Uh, okay, so Zach, for the listeners, Zach is a very cool and funny guy who does fun tweets online. And is very nice, and I'm very happy to have him joining me this week. So thank you, Zach. Um, is there anything else in your background that we should know? Where are you from? I'm from Northern Virginia. It's not a very interesting area. <laughs> not much happening out there in Northern Virginia. No, but it's okay. There's a lot of historic sites, though, right? A lot of battle spots, maybe? Yeah, I I went to a battlefield a few months ago, Um it's really just kind of a field. <laughs> now it's just a field. No battles happening. Yeah, currently. there's there's a few things there where it says like what happened, uh, you know, uh, during the Civil War. But uh, you know, it's it's kind of just a field now. Just a field. Have you gone to any reenactments? I have not. Mm, but that seems to be a popular thing down that way. Yeah, some people do it. It's it's never been something that, that I've been into, but I guess some people liked it. I guess it's more fun to do it, right? Like dress up as the thing and go and run out in the field. Yeah, yeah. it's probably funner to uh, to do it than to watch people do it, yeah. Because I imagine that's Uh, part of it, right? Like there's people who – crowds of people who gather and watch these huge battles reenacted. Yeah, I guess – I guess there are, yeah. You know, I guess there are. So did, so did you go to just check it out? Did you go for searching for treasure? Because you can often find, like, old bullets and cool memorabilia at those places. 
I never have. If I knew that, I would have been looking for them, uh, some some treasure. That that would have been better than uh, just uh, walking around. <laughs> just walking around. Yeah. So nothing really cool to see, nothing, nothing to report back about the battlefield? Not that I noticed. Uh, I, I don't even remember which battlefield it was. There's there's several. A lot of big battles happen near your house? Not right near my house, but, you know, <laughs> within, within uh, driving distance. All right. Well, that's cool. So what uh, what's the main uh, thing to do down there, down your way? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. It's not it's not the most exciting area. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Well, uh, all right. So do, well, they have the, what, cigarettes? Virginia Slims? Is that a thing? Did you say you're in which part of Virginia? Wilmington? Like uh, sort of uh, the central northern Virginia, probably about 45 minutes from D.C., Okay, yeah, D.C., a lot of stuff happens there, right? You got your president, you got your Congress. Yeah, I think there's a Senate, too. Senate, yeah, all the good houses and parts of your government. <laughs> and have you ever gone there and done that tour? Yeah, I've done some. I've never been up in the Washington Monument. I sort of wanted to. I, I've, I've been to the bottom of it, but I've never been up to the, you know, there, there's like an elevator, I guess, but I've never been up it. Oh, so um, you just like go up? And take a look out. There's like a window. <laughs> I think so, but I like I said, I've never been up it. So um. well, we can guess. There's probably a window. You can probably look out upon all the other monuments. Yeah, probably. Well, I think they were built in like a a straight line or something, right? If you stand at one, you can look all the way across like the mall. And yeah, I think if you if you're at the bottom of the monument, you can look over and see uh, the the Lincoln Memorial. I think. Hmm. I I haven't been to DC in a while, so. Uh. Well, I've never been, so all I know is from television and movies. And it was on that. Uh, it was one of those. Things, wasn't it in like National Treasure, or it was in like the Da Vinci Code, where it's like it's all secret. All the monuments line up, and they point to a treasure map. Uh, I haven't seen Da Vinci Code. I've seen. I don't remember that from National Treasure, so it's probably from Da Vinci Code. Oh, true. Yeah, National Treasure. They. It was on the back of the Declaration of Independence, and then they solved the they solved the mystery. Yeah, they found the uh, the cipher that uh, had the numbers that led them somewhere <laughs> to the, the Liberty Bell, which led them to some glasses, which led them to church, and underneath the church was where the treasure was. I think you had to like shove a pipe in the. Uh, in, in the wall and, that, and, and, then, and then they found the treasure nice yeah that was a classic film I mean it created oh, a yeah. whole series you can't go wrong with Nat Nicholas Cage right searching for treasure no no it's, it's, a, it's a great idea I can't believe they've only made two of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what's the big line he's like we steal the declaration of independence yeah it's, it's something like that something it's, it's I, simple I <laughs> right it's simple yeah, we just steal can't the exact line decoration yeah, he, he decides to steal it right there he just says it out loud while he's standing right next to it hey ex- seriously <laughs> exposition is hard <laughs> hard to yeah. write all right well that's a little good bit of background about you so let us now get into the story that you're going to share with us it is entitled the teleporting Russian sketch artist. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid I oversold it uh, with the title. It's a uh, cool title. Yeah, because he probably didn't actually teleport. But um, okay, so this is in um, uh, November of 2008. Mm. I was with my family. We were uh, adopting my younger brother from from Russia. Okay. 
yeah, it's which is a really you know nice heartwarming story. But that's a whole that's that's a story for another time. This is something that happened you know during that trip. Okay. So we were in uh, we were in Moscow and we didn't do that much on the on the trip that much sightseeing because you know um, wasn't you know we weren't there as tourists you know we didn't go on some montage you know some there wasn't a montage set to vacation by the Go Go's or anything right? you know, we, weren't, we weren't we weren't there from right you're not like walking by in front of the Kremlin and then walking around getting arrested by the KGB or whatever yeah, uh, thankfully that that did not happen yeah. But uh, we were out one night on this sort of busy uh, walking street. I'm not sure what you call it, but it's a street, and there aren't there weren't cars on it. So, hmm, like a pedestrian <laughs> avenue. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know if they have a name for them there, but uh, you know. So, so, so we're on them, uh, and it's uh, pretty busy. Some, um, and, and we come upon this uh, guy who's a, a uh, sketch artist. And he, um, you know, he was speaking Russian, but uh, generally, you know, the the general idea was, oh, you know, let me uh, uh, do a portrait of your family, right? You know, and 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 we politely um, declined because we were doing other stuff that night. And then we kept um, we kept walking, and about two hundred, three hundred feet down, we came upon seemingly the exact same man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he looked exactly the same. He was wearing the same clothes, and he was also a sketch artist. Interesting, so, and it's not just like, it's not like a sketch artist uniform, just seemingly normal clothes. Yeah, and he had all the sketch artist stuff too. So yeah, I call the story the teleporting Russian sketch artist because, you know, that's really the only way I can think of he could have gotten from there to there is if he teleported. And it, it's probably not what actually happened, but uh, I, I don't. The only explanation I have is that these are there was two identical twins, sort of like in uh, the Prestige. I hope I didn't just spoil the prestige. Spoiler alert for the prestige. Yeah, the, the 2006 movie, the prestige. <laughs> I, I, I sort of spoiled that. Sorry, uh, but um, so uh, my theory is that they, they're identical twins, and this is their gimmick, right? So you know, so if you come across them, and then you come across them, you know, uh, the second one, you're you're sort of weirded out, right? Like we were. Do you think that helps to boost sales? No, but it, that's what I was thinking. Is it doesn't make any sense because if they were both sketch artists, they could be in two different parts of the city and double their money, right? Yeah. It, but it's because if you if you're walking by them and you come upon one of them, if you get your sketch done, you're not going to get it done again when you hit the second one, right? Right. And if you said no to the first person, you're not going to say yes to the second one, right? Seemingly, so yeah. It, it does. It doesn't seem like a good idea, does it? Not from that explanation, no. Yeah, so I mean, it's either that or I guess he uh, he teleported. Um, I don't let's, know. Let's look into that. So we don't know what kind of technology the Rushkis have, right? This was 2008, so you know it could. I don't know. It could be. It could have been the same guy. Yeah, maybe. Uh, would they really give the teleportation technology to a, a sketch artist, though? Maybe he's the one who uh, invented it. Then why is he a sketch artist and not a billionaire? Um, hmm. Well, it could be he's, you know, it's the technology's not quite perfect. He doesn't want to bring it to, you know, Moscow, the KGB headquarters until it's, you know, 100% ready to go. So he's, in the meantime, saving up by doing these sketches and also practicing teleportation between sketches. That's a good theory. Mm. It, it. 
that could be it. Yeah. You never know. Well, because you're the one who thinks that, you know, maybe like your your rational mind is trying to be like, no, of course, it's, you know, two guys who look the same or maybe even twin brothers. You know, you're just trying to rationalize what happened. But mm, we don't for sure know that it wasn't teleportation. Yeah, I do believe a lot of crazy things, though, so, you know. <laughs> okay, what are some of the other crazy things that you believe? <laughs> Let's get into it. Oh, wow. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting you on the spot, but you answer me now. <laughs> Have I told you about my uh, doomsday prophecy I found hidden within the uh, song Torn? Oh, I think we'll definitely have to get into that. Do you want to get into it now, or do you want to save that until let's, later? Let's save that as a tease for the listeners. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. But maybe a sidebar on the adoption. So you have an adopted brother. That's pretty great. Is that yeah. just the one brother? Uh, no, I have several uh, siblings. Okay. Let's go through the list. You got your older brother, Jim. What? Oh, I don't know. I'm just guessing. No. Uh, <laughs> it's, but, uh, none of them actually know that i'm on twitter uh oh keeping it on the dl be, you know, okay I discussing understand. them in specifics i mean you know for sure we gotta yeah. keep that under wraps so yeah you are semi-anonymous twitterer and that is a you gotta protect your anonymity from in case the kgb ever find out that you discovered that they have the teleportation oh yeah yeah I'm assuming I, I don't want them to find me <laughs> that's the main reason yeah but uh, i respect people who decide to remain anonymous you can't just uh everyone can't be out there as their own person right that would be crazy what would that be like more like real life it's not like the internet yeah there's there's a lot of crazy people out there uh and yeah. and anonymity is a great way for them to be crazy without fear of repercussion yeah i i don't get that crazy though moderately crazy yeah, yeah, moderately crazy. What level crazy are we talking about? Only, like, theories about 90s pop songs crazy? That's about the level, yeah, you know. That's the most extreme that you get to. 1 to 10 scale, maybe a 7, you know, 10 being the, the craziest. All right, so that's up there. Yeah. But you know, not all the way. Not all the way, no. There, there are people crazier than I am. Well, uh, I'm glad that you're not all the way crazy. And I guess that brings us into the next segment of the podcast, which is Tweets from Zach. Now, this is the first episode with a modified format where I've asked Zach to select only one tweet from his collection of tweets. And then I also picked one. So the one that Zach picked is as follows. Scientist, you are my finest creation, and I love you like a son. Even though you've malfunctioned and now only say, Robot, fight me, dipshit. <laughs> that robot is so sassy. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty sad story, because, you know, he, he loves him like a son, but all the robot can do is just ask him to fight and call him a dipshit, you know? <laughs> Even though he's malfunctioning, I mean, I guess that's a scientist's fault, right? Yeah, probably, but but he loves him anyway, so, so that's nice. That's incredibly sweet, um, the love between a, ro a scientist and his robot son creation. Yeah. I guess there could be a lot more behind that story, right? We could talk about the scientist and the robot. I think it'd be a great sitcom. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the sad finale. <laughs> At the end of every episode, just fight me, dipshit. 
yeah, they spend 200 episodes, you know, solving crimes, and then in the end, the robot breaks down and says, fight me, dipshit, you know? It, uh, <laughs> I would watch it. Coming this fall to CBS. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. More of a Netflix kind of thing. All right. Yeah, just well, come out with all 200 episodes at once, you know? <laughs> that's the best way to do it, and everyone should binge. You gotta binge. Just get them all out of the way. If it's terrible, well, well you already made 200 episodes, so, you know. Yeah, pays for itself. <laughs> All right, so thank you for picking that tweet and sharing it with us on this podcast. And now the tweet of yours that I have selected, it is this. I'm starting to wonder if I really am the ideal size and weight to test the town catapult, or if the other townsfolk simply don't like me. (laughs) The townsfolk... Yeah, they really don't like me. Is that true? Oh, they they really don't like me now. Yeah, that's. Thing. I think that's my second most popular. I think uh, the most popular one is this one about an old guy who that Lin Manuel Miranda for some reason retweeted. So that one got big. But uh, I think this one's probably better than that one. The Hamilton bump, we call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A uh, few people on Twitter have gotten that. So yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, he has the reach. Lin's got oh, yeah. the reach. And it's yeah, it can affect your your rankings of your tweets. Like just one celebrity retweet is all it takes to skew the balance of power between all your tweets. Yeah, I mean, I, that, the one he retweeted would not have uh, nearly gotten as many likes if it wasn't for that. They're probably like four fifths of the of the likes on it are from his retweet. Well, that's a real bump. That the Lynn bump is real. All right, great. So that new abbreviated segment means that we get into Zach's picks from others. So have you got these in front of you, Zach? Maybe you would like to read one. Let me see. I I have the the links here. Uh, Do you want to just read it? I have a bit of a stammer. I'm not sure uh, how well it would come off. Of course I'll read it, Zach. All right, thanks. The first tweet that you have picked is from our pal John at NBA DAG. NBA DAG. And John is great, and the tweet that you have selected is like this. If you order a McFlurry eight days in a row, that's called a McTurbo, and they have to let you see the shed where they keep Grimace. (laughs) (laughs) That is my absolute favorite tweet of all time. Wow, that's the number one on your list. I, I love that tweet so much. (laughs) <laughs> is it the shed where they keep grimace i just i love it it's it's so strange i of all the tweets that have ever been tweeted the fact that somebody thought of that tweet and i <laughs> and some part of it i just can't explain i just i just find it <clears throat> funny the, the words mcturbo and there's a shed where they keep grimace and they'll, they'll show it to you i <laughs> i don't know i just laugh every time i hear it None of it makes sense, but it's all very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. McTurbo, though. So for those listening, go try it. That's ordering a McFlurry eight days in a row. I wonder what the shed's like, and I wonder what con- the conditions are in which they keep Grimace. Yeah, uh, several times I've ordered a uh, McFlurry seven times in a row, but I'm just oh. I'm just scared to see Grimace in real life, so I always chicken out on the last day. Just so close, but you can't come to grips with actually seeing what Grimace would be like in real life. Yeah, and then if you miss a day, you, you got to start all over again, and that's just a lot of McFlurries. Yeah, that's uh, can't be healthy for your lifestyle. No, no. 
All right. Well, that's a very good tweet. Again, everyone should be following John at N-B-A-D-A-G. Great, hilarious tweeter from way back in the day. So thank you for picking that one. And the next tweet that you have selected is from Sarah Joy Shockey at Sarah Joy Shockey. Friend of the show. Everyone go check out her old episode. And the tweet that you have selected is this. I periodically look up from my desk with a little smile in case someone's filming sitcom credits. <laughs> and this tweet uh, I know has an accompanying video. Uh, I believe it's oh, a, yeah, I think a I, Vine yeah. where she actually does the <laughs> look up from desk with a little smile. And actually that inspired me to do the same. So I have <laughs> a video of me looking up from my desk with a little smile uh, sitcom credit style. You've seen it? You've seen the videos? I, I, I've i seen her video. I don't think I've seen yours. Uh, oh, you gotta see it. Coming to fall, coming <laughs> to CBS this fall. Oh, I'll check it out. Um, <laughs> first chance I get. And maybe I'll put a link in the show notes for the listeners. And I definitely got a link to the Sarah video because it's very funny <laughs> and inspirational. So she's great. A couple of great accounts. Thank you, Zach, for picking those tweets and i guess that brings us into questions submitted from twitter hey bring it on here we go this is what everyone signs up for this is why they subscribe everyone tunes in for these the questions submitted to at fots pod on twitter and the questions for zach are as follows first question comes in from the Burger King at a burger a day. And he asks, will you go to an O's game with me next time you come in for one? <laughs> it's a bit of a strange question to ask in a podcast. <laughs> but um, I, I, yeah, we're, uh, we're both Orioles fans. And uh, I said so we've uh, uh, talked a little on Twitter about the Orioles. I, I, I have not I did not actually get up to an Orioles game this past season um and i was i only made a couple the year before but it does sound like fun so maybe someday you're a fair weather fan is that what you're saying (laughs) that's no i watch them on tv all the time i just i just haven't been able to get up uh to the actual stadium right so that's um so that's like near dc so it's in in your area is that the closest team that would be your local baseball team Uh, i think the nationals would be closer but i've been rooting for the orioles since before they were there so Okay, yeah, because I was wondering what the uh, some people root for teams for different reasons. It doesn't have to be your local team, and it's always interesting when people cheer for a non locally non local team, right? Like, so you would be by default a Nationals fan, but instead you're huge into the O's. They were the local team uh, back when I was a kid when I started rooting for them. So it, it's it's just you know I okay. So uh, didn't switch my loyalty because the team, you know, came <laughs> 15 minutes closer. Too closer, right. Okay, I get it. So that was your original team. Yeah, and they just, I mean, you know, I, I still like them, you know. You got to stick with them. You probably got oh, yeah. all the old merch. You got some old memorabilia, some old pennants that you love to have up in your room. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I have a poster in my room. I have uh, this uh, Cal Ripken plaque i've had for a long time i got as a gift i've, I've got some some merchandise yeah. yeah you got some merch yeah you're invested <laughs> you yeah. got the poster we should also oh. give a huge shout out to cal ripkin jr 
for uh, breaking the streak, right? He had the oh, yeah. no, consecutive yeah, games he, played. Yeah, I mean, by the end, it was like 2,632, I think, which is a lot of games to play in a row. I mean, dang, that is a lot. Yeah, 2,632. Exactly. You got it. Uh, surpassing Lou Gehrig's streak of 2,130 that had stood for 56 years and that many deemed unbreakable. Yeah, Cal probably just took that as a challenge, you know. A challenge? Anytime, they, anytime you call something unbreakable, everyone's like, well, now i got to break this. You know? <laughs> yeah, but imagine like how hard that would be, What the toll that it takes on your body, even if you're sick, if you have a bruised chin or whatever because you walked into a coffee table, you would still be out there day in, day out. And that's yeah. what it takes. I was actually on the, on the, the same airplane as Cal Ripken once. Because uh, my brother, my dad, and I uh, flew out to Texas because the Orioles were in the uh, the wild card game in 2012. And he was uh, working for TBS, who was uh, broadcasting the game. And then we just had the, the same flight back. Very cool. Yeah, because uh, he's from Maryland, right? He's from... I think so, yeah. That's what they say. So he's like a local hero and... This Iron Man guy? That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, 21 seasons, guys. 21 seasons. 3,184 hits, 431 home runs, 1,695 RBI, two gold gloves, 19-time All-Star. I'm not reading this off of anything. Cal Ripken, everybody. Shout out to the man. All right. So thank you very much, Burger A Day, for your question slash date proposition and the answer might surprise you so the next question comes in from the lovely maddie at feeling euphoric one of the best new accounts out there she's great everyone should be following her and her question is great it is build your perfect burger well that is a great question uh because there's (laughs) There's so many different kinds of burgers, and so many of them are good. But what's the perfect one, right? Because, like, I like uh, guacamole on a burger, but I also like cheese on a burger, but I wouldn't want cheese and guacamole Mm. on a burger, right? So getting the exact combination right is is hard, but I I think I know how uh, how to answer this. So nice toasty bun, right? What kind of bun? Hold on. Let's get full on all the details here. What type of bun? I honestly don't know the names of that many types of buns. I, I can picture it in my head, but I wouldn't know what to call it. But it's got it's got this sort of, uh, I don't know, it's almost like a buttery glaze on it, right? Yeah, I believe you're thinking of a brioche bun. Yeah, that sounds right. And so a uh, nice, uh, nice big burger on it, cooked medium, a little bit pink in the middle, but not not – not too pink in the middle. All right, so hold on. We're talking about beef here? Regular ground beef, like AAA, Virginia-sourced local ground beef? Yeah, sure. I don't know, because there's other, there's other ways to get a burger. You can have one that's all prime rib, and you can have one that's all, like, steak, ground steak. That all sounds a little, I don't know. Delicious? <laughs> well, I mean, it might be. Uh, it might be delicious, but well, uh, my like... burger tastes aren't that complicated. I get it. You're keeping it simple. Go All ahead. right. Yeah. Um. 
So then, okay, so you got some nice, some nice thick guacamole on it. Wait, right? what did you say, then, guacamole? What? Oh yeah. That was the guacamole song. I love that you had that handy. <laughs> I had to get it ready for, for your guacamole part. So guacamole, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, I just, I, I'm not a uh, you know, guacamole obsessive person. I don't put uh, I don't put avocado on everything, but it, it works uh, really good on the right burger. Hmm. And then I would put four strips of bacon on it, uh, like pretty crispy, but not, not like burnt, you know? So just, uh, crispy enough to like snap in half or just under that? Just under that, I would say. Okay. And then uh, some onions on it. They can be diced or they can just be in the, you know, the, the circles. Uh, doesn't really matter. And then, you know, of course, I would want uh, fries with some Heinz ketchup to go alongside. But I would say that would be my perfect burger. I think you're skipping a few things. What about condiments? Um, did you mention cheese at all? Is it cheeseless? Well, if you're going to have guacamole on a burger, I don't think guacamole and cheese mix that well. So if I'm going to have a cheeseburger, it's, there's not going to be any guacamole. If I'm going to have guacamole on a burger, I don't want any cheese. I don't I don't think they mix that well. They're mutually exclusive ingredients for burgers for you. To me, at least, yeah. Okay. And condiments? Did we mention that? Uh, I don't think ketchup or mustard would mix with a guacamole either. I mean, a, a nice cheeseburger with ketchup and mustard is also really good. I just don't think it's quite the perfect burger. Right. So when you add the guacamole element, it changes the whole complexion of the burger. So you're not putting cheese. You're not necessarily putting the tech, the regular condiments on there. But is there any other condiments you'd like put a little mayo on the bun? That's, that's, that would be okay, right? It might be, yeah. <laughs> but not on your perfect burger. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I've ever tried mayonnaise on uh, that kind of burger, so I don't know. Maybe it would improve it. Maybe it would. So that that's pretty simple, right? So it's just like a, some bacon, avocado on a nice brioche bun, and just like a regular ground beef burger. Yeah, just just pretty simple. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, obviously with fries, we're talking hand cut. <laughs> uh, Yukon Gold <laughs> potato. Yeah, I uh, sort of like the um, the uh, thicker fries, right? Oh, those are like Somebody wedges or salt on them, or like steak cut. Yeah, yeah, kind of. They could be steak cut. You know, I, there's you know so many kinds of fries out there. Uh, waffle fries are also good. Okay, so waffle fries, but that's not really thick, right? Those waffle fries are more thin. No, no, but uh, but waffle fries are also good. I mean, if if I talk about my uh, my the the perfect fry, yeah, that, that's a whole other whole other question. And it has no, to it's a it should that. go along with the burger, right? Like you've built your perfect burger, but now what's the perfect side? Is it the waffle fries, or is it the thick steak cut, or wedge style home style fry? <sighs> If I had to answer right away, I would say wedge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there you go. But, if that's the answer that comes from your heart, then that's got to be it. I think it comes from my heart, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I'm going with. He's going with that. So there you go, Maddie. The perfect burger for Zach is 
avocado avocado filled avocado and the next quest so thank you maddie for your question and the next question comes from too soon shakur at too soon shakur with the two is tu like tupac and the question is new car smell or airport cinnabon I, I so these are both smells. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Okay, uh, if if we're if we're talking the smell of an airport Cinnabon versus new new car smell, then I would go with then I would go with an airport Cinnabon. And uh, smelling Cinnabon is probably the healthiest way to enjoy Cinnabon. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, but that's also how they hook you. You just, well, you're oh, just yeah, walking yeah, through the airport, yeah. minding your own business. You're trying to make your flight. You're trying to make your connection. And all of a sudden, your nose is attacked by the sweet, sweet smell of that cinnamon and sugar. Oh, it, it, it totally draws you in. Yeah. Like they have those so, buckets full of that <laughs> icing. Well, when they crack open a fresh bucket of icing, you don't want to be I, there. I have never looked up the the calories in a uh, cinnamon roll there, and I really don't want to because I don't want to know. Well, I'll tell you right now, it is 880 calories in a classic Cinnabon. That is 36 grams of fat. That's a lot. 59 grams of sugar, the equivalent of 15 teaspoons. That is a lot of sugar. Oof. Yeah, probably best to, to, to just smell it. Yeah, I think that's. I think you're safe there. Get that delicious smell. It's. I mean, that's half of the battle anyway. Like the smells as good as it tastes, but you don't end up with that thick mound of sugar in your gut. So there you go. The answer obviously is airport cinnamon. Eight hundred and eighty calories. All right. The next question comes to us from Jamie at best Jamie for you. And the question from Jamie is, when will episodes of Wholesome Dad be on UK Netflix, please? Oh, I guess it should be, when will episodes of Wholesome Dad be on UK Netflix, please? Uh, consider it's a, a, a tweet thread, you know, it's probably not coming to UK anytime soon, fortunately. But you can always uh, you can see it on uh, on. Um, you're breaking up a little bit, but I think you said it's from a tweet thread, and you can <laughs> check out that tweet thread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is that uh, some sort of inside reference that we're for the listeners we're not getting? Oh yeah, um, wholesome dad is a uh, a character I've done. He's a dad, and he's 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 very wholesome. You know. Uh, one of the more wholesome dads out there, I would say. <laughs> yeah, so much so that it's his defining characteristic, other than being a dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also his name, I guess. I, I never bothered to give him an actual name. I just always refer to him as Wholesome Dad, and he does wholesome things. And he's a dad. Uh, yeah, I don't know uh, how wholesome you're imagining this guy, but he, he's he's more wholesome than that. He is He is very wholesome. So that's like, uh, imagine a wholesome dad. Wrong. <laughs> more wholesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's more wholesome than that. Wow, that must be wholesome. So it's, it's a series of tweets that you have about this character, and it's coming to Netflix soon? Uh, it's probably not uh, coming to Netflix. <laughs> it's I in pre... Just can't close the deal with them. Right, pre-adaptation, 
level right now. Elevator pitch. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, be yeah, on the list. <laughs> not quite there. We'll uh, we'll leave that open. But if it ever comes on Netflix, we'll definitely post an update for you. So thank you very much, Jamie, for your question. And the next question comes from Isabel Pigeon Fancier at Isabel Zatun, good friend of the show. And she asks two questions, the first of which is, do you have what it takes to fight your neighbor, Ron? Do you have what it takes to fight my neighbor, Ron? Oh, man. Oh, man. I I don't know her neighbor, Ron, so... I don't know that I can answer that question, but you know, most people can beat me in a fight, so I would probably bet on her neighbor Ron if so he's saying, fighting against me. So you're saying you as, as my neighbor Ron, <laughs> neither of us are fighters, and it would be a very, very sad fight to watch. And I don't think either of us would win. It would end in a very sort of sad draw. I think you know, be a lot of slapping and hair pulling. Yes, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, maybe uh, kicking the dust, like um, um, you know, like baseball coaches. <laughs> yeah, just kicking around the guy, but not actually physically <laughs> attacking them. Well, yeah, because that might hurt. So, and, and you know, it's not it's not nice to fight people, but if you kick the dirt, you know, that, that's not going to hurt anyone. Right, that's true. And what would it take for neighbor Ron to set you off so that you would have to fight him? Oh, everything he does sets me off. You know? <laughs> so it is likely that you guys will fight sometime. Well, I would 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 most li- I would most likely go to Twitter and complain about him, and uh, <laughs> who knows what he would do. Yeah, we should mention the neighbor Ron is another uh, Zach <laughs> creation, like a recurring character um, in your tweets, and uh, it's very fun. So you, can you tell us about that? Yeah. So um, back uh, I guess this is 2015 probably i just did some tweet i don't even remember the exact wording and it was about you know my neighbor right and um i just decided to give him the name ron and i i think to this day no one has ever liked that tweet it was not a popular tweet or anything but it was just the first one that he appeared in and then action um, comics number one with ron (laughs) yeah yeah and then um, at some point later, I was doing another tweet about a neighbor, and um, I, I was like, okay, so what was the – I gave Ron – okay, so I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll you know, say it's the same guy, right? And, and so I did that a few times, and then it just it sort of started to become, uh, become a, uh, a, a, a sort of a running gag, you know, and uh, it, it, it was not that popular at first because they didn't have uh, – not that many people were reading them. But it's sort of uh, – it's definitely uh, funner to write those jokes now that more people are actually reading them. And there actually is a Ron account, right? So Ron got into it and he <laughs> fights back I guess or something? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know with absolute certainty who runs that account. I think – it's uh, Andrew Chamings, who uh, a lot of the listeners probably know. He's a very funny guy. Uh, he's he's on Twitter. He's done. He did the the tweet about the um the shark with the wide sunglasses that got huge, right? <laughs> yeah, and Lamborghini. That's a great one. So uh, I I strongly suspect he's behind the Ron Twitter account. I I can't prove it, and I'm not positive, but I think it's him. The theory is out there now. So, Andrew Chemmings, if you're listening, just let Zach know. Or don't. Keep the mystery alive. Maybe it's actually Ron. 
Maybe it is. That would be horrifying. Because <laughs> then the prospect of the fight becomes all too real. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that is very good. Glad we can get behind uh, some of the information behind this neighbor on feud that continues to this day. So thank you, Isabel, for bringing that up. And her second question, describe your dream hat. This is a very good question because I really like hats. Um, even though I don't wear them that much, um, I do like them. So I, I actually have these two hats, so I really want to try this out. A, if you uh, put a, a Santa Claus hat on top of a pirate hat, you become <laughs> Pirate Santa. Of I, course. I, yeah, I've spent some time thinking about this. So at some point, I want to do this. And so I, I, I like pirates, and I like uh, Christmas season, and so I think – I think that would be a good way to blend them, and so I think that would be my dream hat, and I think I can make it a, uh, I think I can make it a reality. That sounds pretty interesting. So it's really two hats just on top of each other. It's not like a an amalgam. It's not like a pirate hat that is with red felt <laughs> with white accents, right? So it's like a, a pirate hat first, and then over top of it, that sweet Santa hat. You you know, uh, merge two hats into one super hat. You know, <laughs> the super hat. Yar, here be your present, mateys. Something like that? <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. All right, well, that's very interesting that your dream hat would be not just one hat, but two hats, and very specific hats at that. So thank you very much, Isabel, for those lovely questions. And that brings us to the next questions from friend of the show, Kevin at Penn Midwest. The Pan Midwesterner asks, one, is Ron real? I think we just answered yeah, we that. Sort of, <laughs> we sort of covered this, but yeah, no, he's um, he's not real. I am. I live in fear that he will like become real. Like someone will, you know, come up to my door and say, "Hi, I'm your new neighbor, Ron." Oh my God! What if it's yeah, not Andrew Chamings at all, but it's just a guy named Ron who one day wants to be your neighbor. <laughs> To become this character, I'm gonna have nightmares about that. That is that is a horrifying concept. Well, it's just like the teleportation thing. We don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. Yeah, I would I would hate to you know have somehow created uh, Ron into existence. You know, have, you know I created him as a joke, but he became real. You know, that would it's a it's like that uh, Stephen King book, whichever book that was. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that could happen. So. Just let us know, right? If if Ron actually shows up IRL at your door, you got to let us know. And as long as he doesn't kill me, sure. Yeah, I don't think he would. I mean, well. I hope not. You know, we don't know. If it is Stephen King creating these guys, then maybe. Then maybe yeah, it I... will. All right. <clears throat> and the second question from Kevin. How kempt or unkempt is your hair right now? It's actually rel- relatively kempt. I would say a five on a one of ten scale. So a five on the Kempt scale. <laughs> okay. So you broke up a little bit, but I think you were saying it's been a while since you had a haircut, or you recently had a haircut? No, it's uh, it's been a while since I've had a haircut, so it's it's longer than it used to be. Okay, a little long, a little unkempt, but not too unkempt. You'd say right in the middle. About a five. Right in the middle, yeah. <laughs> About a five on the Kempt scale. All right. So is that your normal state of kempt or you tend to lean more on unkempt side, the spectrum? 
it changes day by day. You know, uh, I have my kemp days and my unkemp days. You know. <laughs> so in the morning, maybe more unkempt. After your shower, slightly more camped. Then maybe like after lunch, sliding towards unkempt. But then after your afternoon comb, more camped. But then towards the evening, more unkempt. Something like that. That's pretty much uh, what I have in my camped journal, right? You know, <laughs> every hour on the hour, I, I check my hair, write down how camped it is. You know, like a one to ten. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe you know a few notes if you know it's it's more unkempt on one side than the other, or <laughs> or if someone makes a like comment that. like Jim said, my hair was looking quite camped today. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I would always uh, I would always you know put that in there, and, and who said it? <laughs> and then at, you can at, uh, uh, what time? You can graph the campness. Yeah, weird. yeah, I, I I always you know keep track, and I always you know sometimes go back through my old you know camped hair journal and say, <laughs> oh January twelfth, oh. My hair was very kempt that day. I, I wish it could be that kempt again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, and then and then oh man, March March thirty first. Wow, that was that was an unkempt day. Wow, wow. Everyone, all these quotes from people telling me how unkempt my hair was. Wow, that was a that was a crazy day. And just reliving it, you get to relive your hairstyle through that uh, through your journal. It's nice. Well, thank you very much, Kevin, for those great questions. And now we get to the questions from not Sarah at Smith Sarah 79. And not Sarah asks, do you ever worry that Ron and Pumsbury have a secret alliance and are conspiring against you? A lot of great Ron questions, but who is Pumsbury? Pumsbury is uh, – he's my butler, you know, uh, fictional butler. I could never afford a real butler. But uh, my, my – so, you know, so I have a fictional one instead. Um, he's my butler and he likes to uh, steal my cognac and pass out various places in my mansion. <laughs> All of these things are fictional. You know, um, I don't – I've never had cognac. I <laughs> do not have a mansion but, you know, it's fun to pretend I have these things. You know, a mansion – fine liquor and a an alcoholic butler so do you think that they have a secret alliance <clears throat> i sure hope not i've got enough enemies <laughs> yeah this uh this ron thing is getting out of hand yeah it's 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 really really getting out of hand yeah they could really bring you down from the inside if they ever <laughs> put their minds together and her next question is torn related all right so her question is have you stocked back up on faith, or are you still all out, all out of faith? Unfortunately, I'm still all out of faith. But, you know, I don't care. I have no luck. I don't miss it all that much. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I don't know if we have the, uh, the uh, royalties for me to say the entire song. No, I guess that's true. Uh, I do not. I only I shelled out all the, the money for this episode on that guacamole yes, just, song. Just, Cut it off after a few lines, then you're probably good. All right. So um, we will get into Torn very soon. So not Sarah. Hold on. I know you're listening. I know you have bated breath and you're going to want to find out more. We're getting into the Torn uh, section very soon. Thank you for submitting your question. And the last question from not Sarah is, sorry, last thing. If you had to pick... Carly Simon or Billy Joel? And are your music preferences limited to just people with two men's first names? Great question. 
Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say, given a choice between those two, I would have to go with Billy Joel because uh, Carly Simon, I've held a grudge against her ever since she wrote that song about how vain I am. That was about you? <laughs> I, I, I assume so. Yeah, so, I, but she's, she's, you know, she's very good. That song I just thought was a sort of a personal insult. Yeah, I, and, and I do, I do like some music from people who don't have two male first names, you know. Um, Such as? <laughs> I've never met a uh, uh, a guy named Natalie or Imbruglia, although I, there might be guys with, with those names. Well, yeah, after the late 90s, for sure there would be. <laughs> hey, Torn, get in here. Natalie, come on. Imbruglia, we're going to be late. Oh, now I have name for, uh, names for my kids if I ever have them. <laughs> yeah, but you got to have all three. It's got to be Natalie, then Imbruglia, then Torn. <laughs> all right, so... Thank you for everyone who has submitted a question for Zach. Thank you so much. And now we get into the new mystery segment. And we're talking the true meaning behind Natalie Imbruglia's song, Torn. Now, in the show notes, I have a link to a moment that you've created with all your tweets involving Natalie Imbruglia's 1997 hit song, Torn. So let's get into it. Torn, tell us. Yeah, well, I um, I came upon a terrifying truth um, the other day, uh, a, a coded doomsday prophecy hidden within the song "Torn." Well, it, it's sort of you know, it's it, "Torn" is sort of the first, um, it's the first clue. So, this is how it goes. So, "Torn," you know, is T O R N. Right. T is the twentieth letter of the alphabet. O is the 15th letter of the alphabet, R is the 18th letter, and N is the 14th letter. So if you put 20, 15, 18, and 14 together, you get 67. In um, 1967, the president was Lyndon B. Johnson. Now, he wasn't the only president with the last name Johnson. Andrew Johnson was also the president, and he became president when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Now, Lincoln shares his name with a car company, Uh, and uh, if you've seen their commercials – uh, a lot of their commercials have Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. and the, yeah, no, this is this is we're, we're really getting into it now. Matthew McConaughey was the uh, lead the lead actor in the movie Interstellar. Now, Interstellar is about a number of things, you know, space robots, Matt Damon, all sorts of stuff. But it's mainly about the death of the Earth. The Earth is is dying. It's it's an apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. So clearly, that's you know, if you follow these clues, it's that that tells you that the world is going to end. Also. What's notable about the movie Interstellar is that it, it, it features corn. There's so much corn in it. What does is, what is corn rhyme with? Oh, my God. It, it rhymes with torn. It, 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 it really – it's just so obvious once you start looking into it. You know? <laughs> this goes all the way to the top. Yeah. Now, now of course, you know, that, that does not tell you uh, when the world will end, but, uh, but I figured that one out too. So if you go back to the original numbers, 20, 15, 18, and 14 – uh, if you take the first number off of each of those, you have two one one one. So you have twenty one eleven. So that's the year the world will end. And some people will actually be surprised that we lasted that long, the way things are going. And uh, the the precise day on uh, twenty one eleven, I've I figured that out. If you if you um, look at the first line in the song, the first line of torn is, "I thought I saw a man brought to life." Now, that refers to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is celebrated by many on Easter. So I don't know the exact date that falls on, but whatever date Easter Sunday is on 2111, 
is the day the world will end, unfortunately. But, oh my you know, God. Can't hide from the truth. <clears throat> so I'm just looking it up right now. Easter in 2111 is on Sunday, March 29th, the fifth Sunday of March. Oh, now we know for sure. Yeah, I, I know. So uh, just be prepared, you know. Wow, what a revelation. And thank you for sharing your deeply researched facts with us on the podcast. You heard it here first, folks. March 29th, 2111. Get your affairs in order. Yeah, I've uh, calculated it, and I will be 118 years old. And uh, so I, I plan to spend my last day just, you know, shaking my fist at the apocalypse and, you know, you know, you know, being all crotchety and angry at it. Yeah, I kind of can picture you, you know, as one of those guys uh, with an A, like a sandwich board um, on a milk crate on a corner, you know, screaming about the the end of the world. But no one believes you. Everyone thinks you're crazy. But guess what? This is fact. This is science. Oh, there's no doubt in it. I mean, it's it's happening. You know, just, it's happening, and, and no one will listen other than, who's that? Someone just teleported right beside you? It's that Russian guy, and he's here to help you save the world. All right. Next time on FOTS Pod, the thrilling conclusion. Well, I guess that's what's going on. So thank you so much, Zach, for joining me this week on the podcast. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Great questions. Thank you so much, everyone, who submitted a question. Um, and I guess that basically wraps her up. Now I will play the theme song, and we can say our goodbyes. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right. Well, thanks, Zach. This was a great time. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Great, I'm glad you had time, uh, fun time and you finally got that podcast under your belt. Yep, my first one. First of many. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Steven. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Zach. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at NameStartsWithZ and find out more about the song Torn. Please follow at FOTSPod on Twitter and send a question for future guests. Follow at SkinnerSteven on Twitter because that is me. Visit StevenWSkinner.com for all the episodes and subscribe to get a new episode every single week. Thank you to Ruby Coast for the music. And thank you for listening. Have a great one.